Welcome to Sky Women. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Moyers, a wife, mom, and board-certified OB-GYN. This is a place to educate, empower, and inspire. Join us each week as we share the power of women's stories. Real women, real stories, real inspiration. Put on your stretchy pants. Let's get going. Welcome, Sky community, to another episode of Sky Women. I am so happy that you are with us today, wherever you're listening. Grab a cup of your favorite beverage and sit back because we're going to have an awesome conversation with Dr. Rachel Rubin, who's a board-certified urologist and fellowship-trained in sexual medicine. She's all the things. If you're not following on her social, you absolutely should. She treats issues such as pelvic pain, menopause, erectile dysfunction, and low libido. Welcome, Dr. Rubin. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I know we've been trying to do this for a very long time. Yes, yes. Thank you for coming on. So I'm really excited because as I was thinking about this episode, I mean, not only are you the one and only Rachel Rubin, but you treat men and women. I do. Everybody, actually all genders, whoever shows at my door, I can take care of any love triangle that that enters. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Well, and because I am an ob guy, I have a lot of experience on one side of the spectrum and not the other. So it's going to be really interesting to kind of have some of your input and insight. So uh, first of all, I want us to you to explain to us exactly what is sexual medicine and why does this matter? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I actually think I'm a urologist. So when you're a urologist, you do five years of surgical training in kidneys, bladders, prostates, penises, but women have kidneys and bladders and urethras and all of those things. And so we take care of all genders. And so sexual medicine is, I did a fellowship in where we learned how to practice sexual medicine for all genders. And what sexual medicine is, is it's the healthcare surrounding issues of pelvic pain, libido, orgasm, arousal, you know, anything that has to do with your sexual function and quality of life. And quality of life is really important. And sexual health is just health. And so we spend a lot of time with our patients, really just getting to know them and understanding, well, what does it look like? What do you want it to look like? How can we make it look better for you? And that's going to be different from patient to patient and couple to couple. And so it's a lot of what we call biopsychosocial. So there's a ton mm. of biology and physiology, like so much biology and physiology. And then, right. of course, all of the psychosocial stuff. I can't take people's lives and experiences and brains and cultures and traditions out of kind of the equation. And that's kind of what makes it so deliciously fun is because it's complex. But for me, because I don't do 10 minute visits, I do long visits. I really try to get to know people holistically. It's so much more fun to try to say, oh, well, you came for this, but did you know we could also work on, you know, this, this, and this. And it's just, it's so much fun. Yeah, agree. That's awesome. I feel like that you probably have a lot of pieces of the puzzle to unravel when it comes to our ideas and our experiences surrounding sex, in addition to just the biology and physiology, right? So as you were saying, that psychological component is really key. You know, the education piece there, like you said, is actually so under discussed at how much fun it is to, you know, if I distill down what I love so much about my job is, listen, I'm in Washington, D.C. People are so educated and smart and professional, like incredible, right? And no one has any clue how their bodies work and what's going on with them, like no clue at all. And so it really gives me the superpower to be able to take this 
Ivy League educated uh, politician or lawyer or whatever it is and be like, listen, like like an erection is literally just blood flow and this is how it works and this is how to make it work better. Like they're clueless, right? And so right. none of us got good sex education. And so that's sort of what makes my job really fun. Yeah. So what do you think is the, the biggest misconception about sexual medicine? That there's, so, you know, actually I would say there's a lot of them. I think the obvious one is that all women orgasm from penetration, which is never true. Uh, like, right. Like the thing that everyone thinks is always true is actually almost never true. Right. Uh, and that's kind of funny is why that, you know, that's a horrible, horrible thing that has persisted, you know, and I think really, you know, uh, that we're a lot very different, that men and women are so different. I think, be, again, being a urologist, uh, I actually spend a lot of time knowing what I know about the penis and how it works and, and erections and, and orgasm. And I kind of use it for my female patients and, and things work better because it's all the same biology. It's just in different kind of order with different hormones. And so I think we spend a lot of time thinking about how different we are. And I spend a lot of time thinking how similar we all are. And so I think that's really important. So again, in that biopsychosocial framework, men, in men's sexual health, everything's biology. Absolutely everything's biology. And there's not enough feelings. There's not enough psychosocial brought in and there should be a lot more. And so I, I bring in some of the psychosocial stuff. And then on the female side, 100% of it is psychosocial, right? Everything is deep, meaningful connection and therapy and talking and communication. And there's no biology discussed. And there should be a whole lot more biology discussed on the female sexual medicine side. And so it's a little bit of a balance to kind of bring some into the other side and some into the other. So we, 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 we sort of mix that together a little bit. So that's an interesting point. I, I want to go back to the point you made about that the majority of women do not actually orgasm with penetration because this is really, really important. I want everyone to know this. If they don't learn anything else on this podcast, I need you to know. <laughs> All right. So, so, right. So it's very simple biology, right? Biology, it's all anatomy. It's all biology. We can really understand this. So the penis, right. Uh, in order for a man to have an orgasm, the majority of ways that a man orgasms is through penile stimulation, right? Not always, but the majority of overwhelming majority. And you don't just focus on the very tip tip of the head of the penis. You really got to focus on that whole shaft. And actually the penis goes inward behind the testicles. There's an internal portion of the penis. Everyone understands that. And so the penis is not the same as the vagina. The penis is the same thing as the clitoris. And the clitoris, if you they look under a microscope, they're made up of the exact same thing. They are, yep, I've got my little clitoris model here. And so the clitoris is this big, huge thing, but it's all internal except for this little teeny tip, which is like the tip of the head of the penis. And so why would a woman orgasm if you were in the vagina, which is close to her clitoris, but not her clitoris? And so it would be like saying to a man, well, let's spend five minutes rubbing the inside of your thigh. There is a tiny percentage of men who will orgasm that way. Very tiny percentage, but they, they will. The premature ejaculators might, right? But most men are not going to orgasm from rubbing the inside of their thigh. Well, what if we go for 20 minutes and pound the inside of their thigh over and over and over again, harder, harder, faster, faster? They're still not going to orgasm, right? The men understand this. They're like, yeah, there's no way I'm going to orgasm if you just pound the inside of my thigh. It's not going to happen. So then why would a woman orgasm from penetration? It's near her clitoris. 
But if you go harder and faster and longer, it's still not going to stimulate the whole body, the whole shaft of the clitoris. Now, some small percentage of women will. So I'm not here to tell you you're broken. If you can orgasm from penetration, you're a ninja unicorn and you're the luckiest (laughs) human on earth and you're too loud, which is the problem. You're too damn loud that all the other women kind of feel that they are shortchanged, but the majority do not orgasm from penetration. Right. I think that that is so important for women to know. I've had patients who come in and think that they have sexual dysfunction and literally have never had an orgasm and didn't know about the clitoris. And so we get out the model, we put a glove on their hand, we're we're finding it, you know? And it's just that education. And we definitely have done a disservice in our sex education. You know, the, the most imp- class, imp- one class you get oh in my like gosh. sixth or seventh it's, grade. It's horrific, right? It's <laughs> horrific. And know that your partner didn't get good sex education. So why right. would your partner know where the buttons are and know where to touch and know what to do? They, sh- they don't and they shouldn't. And so you got to learn. And so I think the best investment, I started my own practice like you, uh, you inspired me. I started my own practice about eight months ago. And the best investment that I made in my fancy technology was to get an $8 mirror on Amazon. And every patient holds the mirror up and I walk them through their exam. There you go. Mine's bigger, but we go bigger in my practice. And so I know you're in Texas, but my mirror is bigger. Uh, and so <laughs> they look and we give them a tour of their vulvas, right? We say, this is your labia majora. This is your labia menorah. This is your clitoris. And my most happiest patients are actually when their partners are standing behind me and they're looking with me and they're like, oh, and they're learning and they say, oh, that's where there's pain. Oh, that's what's happening. And then everyone understands what's going on down there. And it's not this private space that nobody understands. Everyone's on board. I really like that idea. I think I'm getting a bigger mirror so that we can discuss that together. Because I've had a couple of patients who's come in just this week alone with labial fusion. And they had no idea anything was going on with their labia because they had never looked. Right. So can we talk about, since the majority of our listeners are or identify as female, can you talk to us about some of the common disorders that, or conditions, diagnoses that are impacting sexual wellness? Absolutely. So as I said, I think there are four major buckets of things that I see and have lots of solutions for. So there's issues about libido, which is probably one of the most common things we see is people think their libidos are low, their desire for sex. And if you're not bothered by your libido, it's not a problem. It's only if you're, I don't care if your partner's bothered by it, but if you're bothered by it, then I care about it. And we should talk about it and talk solutions. Uh, Arousal. So the ability, so like an erection, the ability for the clitoris to engorge and lubricate and feel aroused, which is slightly different than the interest. Pain, we see a ton of sexual pain disorders. So pain with penetration, clitoral pain, vulva pain, uh, generalized pelvic pain, and orgasm. So anything, my orgasm is too weak. I can't have an orgasm. It's painful when I orgasm. I'm having too many orgasms. It's all of the range of things uh, that we see. Fascinating. Okay, so I like how you you differentiated actually erection or you know clitoral stimulation engorgement from Libido, you desire. Libido, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really like that. Okay, so what are some of your favorite resources to refer women to? Like, I know you work hand-in-hand with a pelvic floor physical therapist, correct? I do the same thing. I think it's so key. 
We love pelvic floor physical therapists. So again, your pelvis, I see yours right there. I have mine here too, right? Your pelvis underneath your vulva is all muscle. It is these huge muscles, right? And inside your, I'll take all your organs out, right? Inside is a bowl of muscles. And so these muscles are holding up all your organs. They're allowing you not to fart in public. They're allowing you to, you know, let bowel movements out, to have children go out of, to have partners go into potentially, right, is doing so much work and we give it no love, right? We don't really talk about rehab and we don't talk about how to, it's not all about strength and it's not all about relaxation. It's really about rehab. Like you don't go, you don't do your own knee physical therapy after your knee replacement and say, oh, I did my my knee exercises. No, like in this Kegel right. exercise business of, oh, I'm doing my Kegel exercise. You need a professional to work with you because your body is like nobody else's and you need to make sure that you are rehabbing your pelvis, whether you just had gave birth, whether you're in menopause, whether you have pelvic pain because you're an athlete, it's really important to get that musculoskeletal assessment. And not everyone has a doctor like Dr. Moyers, who has a lot of training sort of in the musculoskeletal system to really understand that connection. Right. Yeah. So that that's a great resource for all individuals. I think a lot of people are surprised, like what men have a pelvic floor too? Yeah, they absolutely do. And it's actually harder to find ones who are good uh, with tra- with men and it's getting better. Every year it gets better and better, actually. So the field is really growing and, and really thriving. Awesome. So what do you think that is important for women to know about men when it comes to sex? Yeah, this is really important, actually, is women often, if you're in a heterosexual relationship, women often take on a lot of the responsibility of men's sexual problems. They assume because women want to fix everything and want to, they think that they are capable of, oh, if only I look sexier, if only I were a little skinnier, then I deserve good sex. If only I look a certain way, then maybe he'll find me attractive and then he'll be into this. And oftentimes, and I'm not saying that never, that, that there's that uh, attraction level does not go into it, but oftentimes there's more biology than you realize. So if your partner is 60, he has a 60% chance of having erectile dysfunction. Penises in order to be healthy, need healthy muscles, nerves, and arteries and muscles, nerves, and arteries change as you get older. So if you have high cholesterol, it's going to clog your arteries. If you have Mm -hmm. diabetes, it's going to affect your nerves. If you have low testosterone, it may affect the muscles of the penis. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have a healthy penis, it may take more And and in order for the penis to get erect, it has to relax. So the muscles have to relax and it fills with blood. And so in order for that to work, you have to have a healthy system. And so sometimes when that system's not working, they need a little extra help. So Viagra, Cialis, all those medicines are muscle relaxers. And so it's not, honey, I don't find you, you know, you don't find me attractive anymore. You must be cheating on me. You must, uh, you must not love me anymore. Why do you need this medication? Why can't you stay erect? It's, hey, honey, I know your diabetes is a little out of control and I know you're working so hard to change your diet and exercise, but in the meantime, here's your muscle relaxer so we can go get busy and have a good time because everyone deserves good orgasms and sex, no matter if you have diabetes, high blood pressure, if you've got extra weight on you, if you're in a wheelchair, if you're, you know what, everyone deserves it. And so being able to be comfortable in your own skin and just say, I deserve good orgasms and good sex, no matter what I look like, sound like, feel like, and it could be with myself, it could be with my partner, like you will show up such a different person when you realize that everyone deserves this. Because we th- we know that about other people. Right. And I say this all the time, but we are so nasty to ourselves and we do such a bad 
such a bad job of being kind to ourselves. We said, oh, well, I can't enjoy, you know, I can't feel sexual because my belly's, you know, a little bit flabby or I have cellulite on my butt. Like people with cellulite on their butt don't deserve orgasms. Like that's crazy. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> and don't you think half the time, like whatever partner you're showing up for is just so damn excited just they're so happy to be in the room they're just so happy to be in the room and like the lights are off and like someone's paying attention to you like that is magic and if you can't see the magic in there then and if you're and if you're with a partner who genuinely is bothered by the cellulite on your butt then you guys have work to do of like they're you know you guys have work to do as a couple and i encourage you to do that work because it is possible to like move past that but that's really the key there like you shouldn't be thinking about your cellulite while you're trying to have an orgasm Right, because orgasm happens in the here and now, not before, not after. Like, you know, you're running your shopping list or carpool tomorrow. Exactly. You got to work on that focus, that mindfulness of being in the moment. And we as women are not good at that often. And we don't do joy. We don't do pleasure. We don't do leisure very all the time very well. We we sort of are very front brain oriented where we're always making lists and we're very organized and all those things. But sometimes you do have to just refocus and say, wait a minute he gets to play all the time. Why don't I get to play? Like I deserve play time too and figure out what that looks like for you. Yeah. So I think just prioritizing the female orgasm is quite important. And I feel like same-sex couples do this better when we actually know that more often they have orgasms. I think the reason, I I think same-sex couples are a little bit luckier in that there's no scripts. When you sign up to be like, when you start your sexual experience, there are, and nowadays there are more scripts, but there used to be no scripts at all where you had nothing. So you had to talk about it, right? If you're in a same-sex couple, you got to have to kind of talk about it beforehand. Like, what are we going to do? Who's going to do what? Like, what makes sense for us? What's going to be good for you? And that may change. And like, often heterosexual couples don't always do this very well. And so I think there is that conversation of opt in, like, what do you actually want to do? What are you not comfortable with? Instead of like, maybe I can get a finger here and let's see what happens. Like, that's not a fun way to have sex. Like talk about it beforehand. Okay. I think that's an interesting concept because I feel like everyone's having sex, but very few people are actually talking about it. Nobody's talking about it, but, and think about this. Okay. So, all right. So, so you started a business, right? Or you have a podcast, like you regularly check in with your team and say, okay, what's going better? What's going well? What's Mm -hmm. not going well? How can we make this go better? Like, Mm -hmm. what can we work on? Let's strategize. Then let's pull something off and then talk about it again. We talk at Mm -hmm. nauseam. All of you are listeners out there are so good at their jobs because they plan for things. They talk about it. They make lists. They, they mm-hmm. do after action reports. Nobody does that in the bedroom. Nobody mm-hmm. plans for sex. Nobody talks about it afterwards. Everyone's super awkward while it's happening. Nobody even talks to each other while it's happening. Nobody <laughs> says what, 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 like there's nothing. And or like, so, this feels good. That doesn't stop. It, it, nothing. They just like, well, that moan sounded good. So like, I'm going to keep going, I guess. Like, you know, that, like, I think I know my partners, but like, and what about the, the words like, honey, that move you used to do, it hasn't been working in 20 years, but it worked 20 years before that, right? That's really hard for people to say. They don't want to hurt your Mm -hmm. feelings. And so we have to get more comfortable having hard conversations because no one got that lesson in middle school that your orgasm was going to change or that you're going to have more dryness because of menopause and that there are solutions, you know, that we can do. So many solutions. And because we don't talk about it, we suffer Mm -hmm. silently. Yeah. Yes. So earlier when you brought up that you treat these four buckets, the thing that I thought was so interesting and I misspoke, I lost my train of thought, was that you differentiate 
erection from orgasm. And I think specifically because so many women don't realize what's going on with their clitoris and where their orgasm actually originates, that this is a really interesting concept that we have to have blood flow coming to the clitoris in order to reach that point, right? It, absolutely, right? Think it's a penis. Yeah. So penises, yeah. there's erection, there's orgasm, and there's ejaculate. There's three different things. Right. For women, there is erection, there is orgasm, and there is for some more or less a fluid that can come out that you could call ejaculate. And so for some people, it's a lot. For some people, it's a little. And so, yeah, we have the same mechanisms. Again, we're a lot more alike than we are different. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, I think that it's so important that patients are asked about this, that we're communicating about this, that we're communicating in, you know, in our partnerships about this. But I feel like so often that these areas of dysfunction happen because nobody's, nobody's asking about it. So you, you know, whenever somebody comes to see me for just their general well woman exam, we're not just asking, like, do you have pain with sex? You know, are you able to reach an orgasm? Are you enjoying sex? You know, are there any difficulties or challenges you'd like to talk about today? You know, your doctor also has to be comfortable asking these questions, right? And I think oftentimes it doesn't happen because we didn't get great education in sex either. Well, we didn't. And you know, what's also really important is I actually think it's unfair to ask the gynecologist to be responsible for this conversation during a well woman's visit when they have so much to cram into that visit in such a shorter period of time than they ever have before. The cancer screenings and the pap smears and the mammograms and the the safety and the STDs and all of these things like where pleasure is just not a part of that. Uh, it, It should be, but it doesn't fit into that 10 minute script. And so I think it's unfair fair. And then the other problem, at least in our area is, okay, say I want to make an appointment with a GYN to have this conversation. Oh, they're booking 12 weeks out. Right. And so what do people do? They go to the internet and listen to whatever the latest snake oil salesman is selling and they just buy whatever it is because they're desperate because they just want to feel better and they want things to work better. So we have a big problem. We do. We definitely do. And so where do you, if someone it reaches out to you because you are more visible these days, right? And so if somebody reaches out to you and they're not in the DC area, where are you referring them? Where are you telling them to look to get a good sexual medicine provider? So we always welcome people in the DC area. I have a wonderful nurse practitioner and she and I are, you know, taking taking on a storm and trying to see as many patients as possible. We talk to people. Uh, we always send people to the ISWISH website, I-S-S-W-S-H, which uh, as an organization you and I are both a part of, it's the International Society for the Study of Women's Sexual Health. Listen, it's a pretty small organization, so there's no guarantee that there is a member in your area, but it's worth a try to look. And if you have a provider that you really like and encouraging them to go to courses run by ISWISH, encouraging that education. And sometimes you have to travel for expert care if you really are living in an area that's a little bit of a a, a data-free zone or a sexual medicine-free zone. And so there are quite a few of us across the country who love doing this work. And and just, gosh, I did a great case conference last night after my kids went to bed and I I zoomed into the West Coast and there's this group out in Washington State and and it was the most wonderful multidisciplinary conference and they're just providing such excellent full five-star sexual medicine, you know, care for their patients. And I was like, this is, can we just clone you and put you everywhere? It was so lovely to see. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. So otherwise, we've got to mention Kelly Casperson's amazing book that she published this summer, You Are Not Broken, which really goes through a lot of the aspects of sex education that we were missing and how orgasm and desire truly works. And it is a great read, no matter your gender. Oh, it's so fabulous. I, you know, Dr. Casperson is a very dear friend. She's a fellow urologist also in Washington state. And she got really interested in women's sexual health and why she wasn't doing a good job helping patients. And she's educated herself. I mean, it's a perfect example of nobody taught me this in med school. Let me get educated. And now she's leading the charge in, in a, just such a wonderful digestible approach. Um, She's a great podcast called you are not broken. And Mm -hmm. uh, the book is just awesome. It's really, and not just because I mentioned in it, but it's really good. Oh, that's right. You do have a I do get a shout out. I do. I was reading it on an airplane and then I get like a shout out. I was like, yeah, that's exciting. (laughs) That's awesome. Another great resource that I love to refer patients to is Rosie. Are you familiar with the Rosie app? I love it. And it's a fellow Texan. Uh, I ran into Lindsay Harper in the Austin airport randomly uh, a couple weeks ago. She just was walking by and I was like, Rosie lady, Rosie lady. Uh, (laughs) So Lindsay Harper is an OBGYN in Dallas who created an app called Rosie which is all surrounding libido, a very evidence-based, you know, libido-driven app. It's so lovely. Uh, They're doing such a great job with it. So I'm a big Mm. fan of that resource. I love, you know, the OMGS uh, uh, website and how to teach people how to orgasm. There's great books like uh, Becoming Cliterate by Lori Mintz and She Comes First uh, by Ian Kerner. Uh, There's just, there's lots of great resources out there. Awesome. Yes. Okay. So I think that everybody has gotten um, a lot of resources that they could look to and better understanding of what their clitoris is and how it functions. (laughs) And that if you are among the majority of us, you do not actually orgasm with penetration. That is very, very common. It is the small unicorn number of people who actually orgasm with penetration. Ninja unicorns. unicorns. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Until next week, be well. Thank you. All right, Sky community. Thank you for listening to another episode. This episode was sponsored by Sky Women's Health. As a reminder, we're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and we help relieve back pain and pelvic pain in pregnancy and beyond. If you are pregnant and having pain and you feel like you have no reliable way to relieve it, look us up at skywomenshealth.com, request an appointment, and we'll call to get you scheduled. As a board-certified OB-GYN with a Neuromusculoskeletal Medicine Fellowship, I help you realign with hands-on drug-free treatment and relieve pain on the spot without medication. We'll help you maintain these results through your pregnancy and postpartum period. Every pregnant person deserves this, and we are so excited to serve you. You can find us on our website, as mentioned, or on social at Sky Women's Health, or you can call the office at 817-915-9803. That's it for today. Until next week, be well.